right, so it's shortly after first practice. How'd that go for you? Uh, well, my hopes were pretty high coming into this because I felt like this was one of my better races last year. We ran 24th in my BK car, uh, which was really good. So, uh, and I've always, I'm, we're always ran good here in the Canon cars or Xfinity cars. So, uh, we got here and we were nowhere near as fast as I would like to have been. Uh, we just didn't have a very good setup to start with. So, changed everything. Kitchen sink here before qualifying. Hopefully, it works out. Yeah, I heard one of the crew members saying there was smoke coming out of the car with one of the pumps going bad, so... I don't know, I didn't hear that. So you must know more about that than I do. Oh. Uh, yeah, it might have just been they thought about it. I don't know. I don't but. know. Didn't hear that. <laughs> Maybe I should ask. Well, <laughs> media knows all, I guess. Yeah. So, how are you feeling going into qualifying then? I mean... Eh, not really good, honestly. We just had no speed in the car, but... Um, just trying to make the most of it and see where we end up. A fairly short race on Sunday, so hopefully we can put ourselves in a decent spot for a good finish. What's your uh, goal for the finish on Sunday? Uh, I don't know. Just uh, you know, we have our five or six guys in our group that we feel like we need to beat every week, um, like the 15 and the double zero, and, and those guys try to get the 32. But um, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. So, and, and just depending on how many guys cr crash is what really determines where we end up. The top 30 is always. Always a goal. It's not ideal, but you know we just we're so underfunded and have so many less resources than the big team. So it's just trying to trying to make the most of what we got. Right, and it must be difficult as well not having the same driver every every week. You know, having uh, to switch in and out. That's not that's not too too much because now I've been in the car for probably five or six races in a row, and I'm going to be in the car for most of the races going forward. So we can kind of get. A rhythm on setups and stuff, but regardless of that, you know, that's uh, we just need to get we just need to get the cars better, really. So uh, there's not really any two ways around that. But we, we don't have the motors for those bigger teams do, but uh, we need to maximize what we can do. So um, we're, we're not even in the same race as some of those fast guys with the with the budgets they have, but we do need to uh, try to you know maximize what we. What we have in our budget, we're racing against guys that we put in the same playing field as. So, um, some days we do, some days we don't. Sometimes I felt like we were decent last weekend, and, uh, and this weekend not so much. But they're working over there, crashing, changing everything on us. So hopefully we're, hopefully we're a little better. Right. How is the uh, PJT or whatever they're calling the compound this week? Day one, yeah. Um, it's it's definitely a a, a gain in grip. Um, there's some guys that, like the Gibbs cars, I noticed, were able to use it. They were able to, to turn their cars without the grip. So uh, I feel like guys that can do that are going to be really tough on Sunday once that stuff wears off. Um, but in my case, I needed to use everything I could get. So um, it, it definitely changed it up here, allowed in a little bit where uh, you're not quite as finesse anymore, uh, where you're able to, to be a little more aggressive with the wheel and, and your throttle input and since you have that then it, since you have that traction adhesive so um, it's a you know it's, it's the same for everybody so just try to uh, try to figure it out before everybody else says right do you think the uh, I noticed they put it in the first and the third groups but they avoid the second 
you think they put up in the third roof to just, you know, catch cars that sliding outside now they won't hit the wall, or do you think they're no, trying to get more passing on the outside? trying to get side-by-side races, what they, what they say they're trying to do, so, uh, uh, you know, it, the bottom lane's always going to be at a disadvantage just because you you don't have any momentum that are running the, running the bottom, but uh, that, uh, that tracks the stuff, but it does help. So, I saw, at least in the practice, Johnson was actually up running the third line and diving down to the bottom. Where are you running uh, this weekend? Are you going to just stick first lane all the way around? Or? No, that's that's kind of the line everybody runs. They, they run into the first two-thirds of the corner on the top and then drive it off the bottom in the grip just to get some forward drive. So, uh, just try to be in the middle of the least amount of time as possible. And then uh, that's, that's usually what the guys that can run that third lane all the way around are they're turning really well, so um, I'm not, not able to do that. Yeah. So, what races are you looking forward to for the rest of the season? Really looking forward to, to Bristol and, and Darlington. Uh, those two places are, are really fun, especially Bristol. So, um, hopefully we can put a good run together there. Uh, and I feel like that's just where I'm able to make up a little bit more in the seat as opposed to some of the other mile and a half places like that. So we'll, uh, those are definitely the ones that are circled on my account. Right. Speaking of mile and a half tracks, the uh, new package was tested out at Charlotte, and you had some choice words on that uh, new aero package, and they decided not to run it the rest of this year. So what do you think caused them to not want to run it? And then... Also, before I forget, you know, I was talking to William Byron about it this morning, and he, he was very excited about that package, so, you know, he thought it would bring in better racing. Uh, well, there's two ways of, of looking at it. I think they didn't opt for that package because the the motor, they, they were trying to work through some motor, I don't know, specs, I guess, with the, with the restricted and non-restricted motors. So... Uh, for whatever reason, above my pay grade, they decided not to do it. But I just don't like it because it makes cars way easier to drive, uh, and I don't think they should be easier to drive. And they should be the hard drive. Um, but whatever they, if they want to put a wing and roller skate wheels on underneath of it, like I'll figure it out. But uh, I think the cup cars should be hard to drive, not the easiest ones to drive out of all. What made it easier to drive? What aspect? Uh, just. They have about 350 horsepower and a 9-inch blade on the back, so you're like driving a slot car around. Huh. I wonder what... Well, I guess it would make sense for, you know, the rookie guys then to want it because now it's, you know, they're not at the disadvantage. Well, Everybody's he's a, Because he signed a four-year contract and he's not worried about his job. Uh, that's true. And it makes it easier for him to run with the good guys. Hmm. Yeah, that's... That's an interesting take on it. What do you think about the guys, like, you know, not with the teams then, you know, let's say Bubba Wallace, where, you know, they're not really a top-level team. They're sort of running the middle. What it'll, do you be, it'll be, he'll like it because he's able to compete with the, with the faster cars. So, um, it just depends on the side of the fence you're, you're sitting on, I guess. All right. Do a lot of the other smaller teams like this share your opinion on that package? Um, I don't know. I haven't really asked around because I... I haven't really wanted to talk about it because the more to talk about it, the more they're apt to do it. Wow. I'm yeah. glad they're not doing it. Well, I mean, I'm just small time radio, so I don't think my my say is going to yeah. sway them at all. But yeah, I think I think they're just so 
so tunnel vision on trying to make the racing better when there's so there's so many other aspects of the sport that are jacked up and need to work on first but that's that's just my my two cents but that don't get you very much so what what do you think is jacked up specifically just the gap between the guys that have all the resources and funding from the guys that don't you know it's back in the day back in the day you know I'm Morgan or whatever Morgan Dollar team could you know hit hit on a setup or something they can run top ten you know they go to Bristol or Barnesville or somewhere and have a good weekend and they sing it a top ten you like the same people run first to twenty fifth every week give or take three or four spots just because that's the group they run because you literally can see in in the speed breakdown the guys that have all the motor, all the arrow, all the mechanical grip. 20% behind them to the next group, 20% behind them to the next group. And you can plug and play any driver in any one of those cars and they're going to be in the same spot. So I think that there's no disparity in the seat anymore because the, the cars are locked down to the racetrack. And the tires are pretty decent now, so you're not moving around a whole lot. And dirty air is king, so uh, you can't do anything behind any other, any other cars, and you can't make up any, any track position because you're stuck. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's besides the point, but I think they need to figure out cost-saving stuff and get some more manufacturers back in the teams. And look, that's a whole laundry list to uh, talk about on, on another day. Right, then I mean, maybe next time you know we can just spend the whole time talking about that. So, do you think different tracks would have much of an impact on it? You know, adding there was talks of adding more road courses and everything else. You, where do you sit on that? Uh, I would like to see some more road courses on the schedule, just because I think they're exciting racing and the drivers can make up a little bit. Um, and then I would like to see more short tracks too. There's lots of great short tracks in the country that the Xfinity Series and the truck should be going to as opposed to all these mile and a half. Uh, and even the Cups, even the Cup Series too, but that's a, that's a whole different beast with track track leases and contracts and all that sort of stuff, but there's no reason why the Xfinity cars should be going to Kern County or Motorbahn or fill in the blank short track to get these people excited to go back to the racetrack. Right. Plus, it's you know hometown racing, the right. smaller you know names, I guess you could say. Instead of instead of talking about how much we should go to Eldora, why don't we just figure out how to go to actual keep the cars we got, go to the asphalt tracks that bring the same amount of people. They're right. Great asphalt tracks too. We don't have to go to a dirt track to slide around going 40 miles an hour. So you're against the idea of going to Eldora then? I'm not against it. There's just way better options on asphalt where guys don't have to make a designated dirt car. You know, I'm curious about this. We're, we're sitting here watching the Xfinity practice, which is going on, you know, 100 yards away from us. What are your thoughts on the cup drivers going down and racing in that series and winning pretty much every race that they're in? Uh, well, it also depends on what side of the fence again you're on there, because back in the day when the cup drivers were doing it, you, there wasn't a stink because they would all own their own cars, and there wouldn't be... Kyle Busch wouldn't be driving it for Joe Gibbs. He'd be... When Kyle Busch owned his own team, he couldn't even win a race. Nobody was talking about it then. But when he drives for Gibbs and wins nine races out of the year, then, then it's an issue. 
so when you have the best drivers taking up the best seats and the best teams, that's when you have issues. But if those guys were actually invested in the series and had their own cars and they didn't have all the backing behind the race team, they it would be a, a little bit better of a deal. But you've got all these guys taking up the best seats and they run first through fifth every week when they run. So, and it's you're right. It's the same thing down there. You get a guy. But I don't. I think that it's a different situation because if I'm able to find a sponsor and go run a Xfinity race here or there, I can't do it because I'm penalized because those guys are in a different different category than I am. But I can't run certain races, right? So right. I think that's I think that's kind of stupid. Uh, so they need to they need to look at the criteria on that because you know that's that's opportunity for a confidence builder on my end to go jump in a a decent car sometimes and, and go run well but they have all these they have all these things now you can't go run certain races because it's all, all Xfinity or so that's uh, it, it hurts guys like me and the guys that have their own jets flying and out the racetrack every week they don't really they don't really care they just do it for an extra 30 grand a weekend and I mean as we're sitting here watching it the fastest guy on track is Brad Keselowski racing the 22. He's sitting, sitting in a good car, right? If he was, right. If he was sitting in BJ McLeod's car, he wouldn't be up there on top of the sheet. Right. It's just part of it. I was having an interesting conversation with a mutual friend of ours, Scott Allen, and he was saying it's not, you know, the best drivers are sitting in the seats at the top. You know, it's not... Let's say William Byron, then he's not in that seat because he's the best. He's, he's a, but he's made the match. He's made the most of the opportunities he's been given. It's just racing as a whole now. It, it costs a lot of money for the teams to go racing, and the guys that don't have any money, the, the like I said earlier, the disparity in talent from a good guy to a average guy isn't worth the difference in somebody bringing money or not. It's just how it is, um, because. If, if he makes it work on the economic side with the teams, an average guy can do just a decent job as a as a guy in good, that has a lot of talent. So you have to have both, or or get lucky when you're 16 years old and sign with TRD. You know, so not many people have that opportunity. Right. Now won't take up you know too much of your time, I imagine. But I mean, like that's not to say that that's not to say that. You know, there's four or five guys in a modified garage or a couple guys in a can in or Xfinity garage can't jump in a good cup car and run just as good as anybody else. That's because they can't. There's some guy in a late model in Wisconsin somewhere that can probably jump in and run just as good as anybody else, but you'll never see it because it's just the nature point. of the beast. Yeah, they just don't have enough to get into the door. Do you see NASCAR as being in a bad place right now because of the position you're in, uh, or do you? I think it's on the up. I think it's on the up tick, to be honest with you. Because uh, all I want to talk about is declining numbers and stuff. Well, yeah, when when most of the races are on NBC Sports Network and nobody even has that on their cable package, they're not going to be able to watch the race. So of course TV numbers are down. Yeah. But when the races are on NBC, they get great ratings, like they tell them. So. Well, plus the announcing at NBC. I mean, you don't see much of it because you're behind the wheel, but... Yeah, it's better on NBC for sure, but... Really? You think it's better on NBC? Yeah. I like Fox a lot more. I don't like Fox. <laughs> but... Huh. That's, uh... They just... If they got the spending under control, it would help the sport. Uh, and then if they 
damn money for a ticket price, that would help the sport too, because I don't know what they cost here, but they were an extraordinary amount at Daytona when I looked into it. I mean, nobody's going to spend $130 on a grandstand ticket to go watch us run around circles anymore. just doesn't happen. Yeah. Ticket prices here are 40 to 130 150 yeah, I mean, a low-end ticket should be 20 bucks. Get them in here and get them buy some hot dogs, a couple beers, right? That's you got to get them here. Right. But if a guy's working 60 hours a week trying to take his family four outs, he can't afford 500 bucks to go to the racetrack. You gotta pay to park. You gotta get in the pit. You know. Right. It's it's. I wouldn't pay 500 bucks to come watch a race anymore. It's, I mean, it's just so. That's just one little, one little topic in a whole conglomerate of things that need to be addressed. Right. It seems like the sport definitely has its issues, but it's got its benefits as well. Where you get the same, I think the same amount of people still like the sport. I mean, obviously it hurts losing Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, Jeff Gordon, Dale Jr. All in a three, three-year window. There's a lot of fans and a lot of loyalty gone, but. I think those people are still interested in the sport. It's just, I think the, the product on the racetrack is actually pretty good. It's just closing the gap between, you know, the Tri-Stars of, of the garage and the, and the Gibbs of the garage. That's what we need to try to focus on that way. When we have a good day and hit on something, we can be fighting for a top 20 as opposed to hoping for a top 30 because guys wreck. You know what I mean? Like, that's... We hit on we hit on a you know we hit on setup now. We feel like we're having a good day, and we're, you know we run 29. You know, that's just what we're capped at. So I wish there was a little bit more light at the end of the tunnel in our in, in the back 10 garage stalls. But that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, it's always the guys that spend more money are always going to run better than teams that don't, right? But now I feel like it's been it's more of a disparity than it's ever been. All right. I don't have any answers to really fix it, but that's that's one of the issues. That it's just staring everybody in the face. So, yeah, I mean, there's certain there's certain things like that would help, like composite bodies. I feel like going forward will be a, a benefit. Um, so, and there's the motor deals need to be addressed too. So, yeah, please when talk of. NASCAR going electric. I remember Ryan Blaney had some comments about it. What are your thoughts on, on that? No. If it would ever happen. No. Yeah. My my thought on it was I drove an electric car here to the racetracks my rental I wanted to drive it off the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think the only plausible, you know, thing would be a separate series like Formula E. Yeah. But you know, have you ever sat and watched a Formula E race? No. Exactly. <laughs> But Jeff Gordon had some comments about a street course race. What would you think about that? That'd be cool. Yeah. I just think that some of the they need to go to some markets that we go to twice. They only need to go there once, and then fill them in with some different exciting new venues. You know, I feel like Cup Cars should be going to Iowa. Should be going to a couple more short tracks to to tie the home track fans into the big into the bigger. You know, obviously the Premier Series. Right. So, <clears throat> well, that 
But yes, I mean, a street course would be cool, but you just got to put it in the right area. I mean, granted, street courses don't promote good racing because it's so narrow, but we're going to the Roval, and that's about a car length and a half wide, so they that doesn't seem to be an issue. Right. I remember last time we talked, you were uh, putting a chassis in your basement for a uh, <laughs> simulator. How'd that go? Did it, that... it went pretty good. I ended up selling it. I built another one. So. Oh. <laughs> it, it's pretty good. It helps you It helps you uh, knock the rust off when you come to certain places. I mean, I, I do it every week, so uh, it just gets you gets you back in tune with your lift points and visual cues and stuff. Uh, and iRacing software nowadays is really good. So uh, it's able to get you pretty well adjusted before you even get to the racetrack. Now there's, I mean, all the manufacturers have their own sim simulator, which I, I don't get to, to get on Chevys, but I did TRDs a lot last year, and that's almost like you're sitting in a real thing. So uh, those guys have a, a, a really good tool to get uh, to get adjusted and get ready for the weekend when they can hop in that simulator on a Thursday and you know, hop in that thing and Q-trim on, on Friday morning, they, they're able to bust off as good as it can be first time on a racetrack. Right. So, it's, you know, you said you use that every week. What's in the rest? Huh. Well, usually I, I don't take up too much time, I hope, and then I usually end it off with what the first car you ever drove was, but we already had that, and you had the Nintendo 64 in the back seat to pick up girls. Oh, but yeah. Let's see. What would be a good other way to end it now? Yeah, any other stories about that car? About that car? Mm -hmm. I ended up falling asleep in it and flipping over and about killing myself in it. Yeah, any lighthearted stories? <laughs> <laughs> uh, none, none that I can put on the record. Okay. Any about any other car then? I'm not a big sentimental guy towards road vehicles. They just kind of get me from point A to point B. Right now, I drive my my grandpa's 06. Lincoln truck, so oh, there you go. Not a very flashy guy when it comes to that. Yeah, I save all my money for super late models and 1970 Chargers. There you go. <laughs> well, hey, been great talking to you again. You too. Yeah.